Hi, and welcome to Lessons I Learned in Law with me, Scott Brown. I'm founder and director at Harriet Brown In-House Legal Recruitment. On this podcast, you get to hear my conversations with a top legal mind, um, and hopefully they can share some valuable insights on the lessons that they've learned during their legal career and how it's shaped their career to date. This week on this episode of the podcast, I'm delighted to be joined by someone who's left the profession but is still very much involved in the, the in-house legal space. And I'm joined by Richard Maybe, who is CEO at Duro, the all-in-one contract automation platform. Thanks for joining me, Richard. Thank you for having me on. Great to meet you. And um, I've, I've heard a lot from our clients and, and prospective clients about Juro um, one way or another and um, all, all great stuff. So keen to hear more about it. Happy to hear it. Happy to hear it. And yeah, good to chat. Congratulations on the on the latest fundraise at, at Juro Series B. So how's that been? It's been busy. Um, so thank you. Yeah, so we, we, we announced our round in January. So last month from the, the point we're recording this. And yeah, we, we're really happy to be partnering with Eight Roads, uh, who led the round and some of our other investors like USV and Point9 and uh, Tavet from Wise coming on the journey. Uh, it, it always feels like uh, a great achievement at the time, but then when you come out of the end of the fundraising process, you've realized you sort of filled up the car with some petrol and um, <laughs> you then got to drive it somewhere. So it's um, it, it's always an exciting process. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, long way, a long, long road ahead, I guess, from the um, from getting that funding on and, and growth. So keen to keen to follow that journey and, and hear more hear more about it. Um, but we'll just jump right in. If you could share lesson one with us, Richard. Yeah. So um, I've tied these lessons back to our company values because um, I think values really, um, you know, come come from the team, the early team, especially also the founders. And so um, my first lesson is called "Keep It Simple," uh, which is one of our our company values. You can read about it on on Juro.com. Um, so, so I think you know the, the kind of question here is like, what what do we learn in in law? So, actually, as a practicing lawyer, like, what did I learn and what did I take with me? Um, and and I think the number one thing I learned, I, I trained at Freshfields, um, was to get really good at understanding what the question is. <laughs> so, you know, when we were kind of solving a a, a more complex legal problem, you tend to spend like quite a lot of time just kind of framing what is it you actually need to answer. Um, so maybe this isn't giving a piece of legal advice and a litigation, uh, something like this. I was a, a M&A lawyer, but you know, every time we kind of got on something complex, I remember um, my supervisors and kind of the partners at Freshfields would fixate in on like, what question are we actually answering? And often you can kind of run analysis, which just answers the wrong question. You spend a lot of time kind of going through it and you get to the end of it and go, oh, actually, that wasn't really what we needed to to ask. And so, you know, when I got into Jura and when we started running the company, you know, a lot of the early work was around product development. So that is basically like understanding your users, what are their problems, what are the really big problems, how can we build solutions to their problems, and then you know you ship product and you kind of hope people use it. And so I felt there was a really good analogy with understanding user needs with knowing what the question is. So kind of like knowing what the problem is that people need to solve and. I think the lesson you take there is like sometimes you just got to like slow down, right? So you need to slow down. You need to work out like what what are you trying to do in this company? Like what what is it exactly? I mean, it's something to do with contracts, but what is it that we solve? Um, and that that gave us a real advantage. 
So I think you know, the way in which we started to think about the problem space really, really deeply, understand in-house lawyers really, really deeply, what do they do with contracts? What's the status quo for that? Why is that bad? What's the yeah. impact of using these you know, manual tools like Microsoft Word and email? We spent a lot of time there. And then when you get that right, actually shipping the solutions a little bit easier. Yeah, love looking at that base problem. I think it's yeah, clearly clearly important. H- how much how much of that do you think from your time at Freshfields? And I guess this is from an angle of advice to junior lawyers. I've been there as a uh, as a lawyer myself. You're part of a massive transaction, so it's often quite difficult to know what the problem is that you're trying to solve because you're a small cog in a big wheel. Yeah, I, I think that's absolutely right. I mean, I was a sort of very difficult lawyer. I mean, I don't know how, how long I would have survived in the profession, but I, I remember like uh, asking for a lot of context all the time. And, you know, I would, especially with clients, I was always kind of curious to know these like private equity clients, you know, what, what was this investment all about? Can I look at the Excel model? And am I sort of surprised? What are you talking about? We, we dealt with Word, not Excel. Um, I, I was just very like curious. I'm still, you know, a curious person. So kind of going deep into this, you know, this question of why, Right. So, so let's, let's take your example, right? You take a M&A transaction. You know, we all know what's going to be done. It's going to be like the same, more or less the same process. There's going to be disclosure. There's going to be an SPA. Like that's not the new stuff. The, the nuance is going to be, do you understand the client's business really well? How do you do that? You have to ask some questions, right? So you have to actually be interested and you have to ask these things. And, you know, I, I think this is ultimately what can give junior lawyers an edge is understanding the wider context. So for example, why is there this M&A transaction? <laughs> Not just it's a thing, I mean, I've got to deal with the, the mess and do the stuff, but like, why? What's the rationale behind it? What are the, what are the risks that the client cares about? All these questions, I think, um, can, can really help you get context. Yeah, yeah. So being, being, being naturally inquisitive. Yeah, uh, I, I get it. That's good. The problems that you've, you've looked to solve at Duro, how have those, have those changed over the, over the time? So what you found in 2016 during the last five years or so, has that problem that you've been looking to solve, has that changed? Massively, yes. So, so the problem that I saw as a lawyer, and this was mostly from being seconded to in-house legal teams, was very simple, which is on average, it takes five tools to agree one contract. So we've got Word, email, you know, PDF, DocuSign, Google Drive. Sometimes, sometimes actually more than that. Um, and that struck me as woefully inefficient. And actually, m- most people agree with that now, I think. Um, I think most of our learning came from getting our first customers. So our really early customers like Deliveroo, still a customer today, but was you know, one of our really early ones, um, actually taught us much more than we came in with as entrepreneurs. So how do we do that? Um, a lot of user discovery. I mean, I'm talking like painful levels of discovery. I'm talking about sitting down next to your users for a week in their office and watch them assemble contracts in Microsoft Word, right? Like really, really like deep discovery. And yeah, we realized some of our assumptions were wrong. Um, so some of the things we thought would be the case weren't the case. Um, and and the combination of those two things just gave us the insights we really needed. So, you know, as you say, we're an all-in-one contract automation platform. That's not a contract management platform. Um, it's actually quite different. And so some of the, the real insights, like, you know, building a browser native editor that allows for like synchronous communication internally and asynchronous communication externally. This is like, you know, no one really cares about the technical stuff, but we learned these insights through the painful discovery of realizing lawyers actually quite like 
Google Docs, but not when it comes to sharing it, right? And they quite like Word for sharing it, but they don't like Word for collaborating with their colleagues. These like really, really specific things. So you you become quite knowledgeable. And then actually like what you ship, which is really the only thing that actually matters, what you ship to them is usable and good. Uh, and in legal tech, you know, it's it's one most most companies it's it's often not the case. Right, right. Awesome clients to have to have that level of trust as well to sit and do the that, that <laughs> process and getting the on the spot feedback as well and and yeah a great a great process to go through. It 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 it's it, it, ama- amazing believers you have and I'm sure some of your clients are like this but um you know I, I love working with in-house lawyers who kind of push the boundaries and there are actually plenty of them people who who you know enter whatever kind of company look around them and go these processes are all terrible I'm gonna rip these up i want to create a better solution like that that's what excites me and you find these people who will you know buy a half-baked product five years ago that doesn't have everything they need because they want to come on the journey and want to influence it and you know some of them are still you know customers six years later we'll move on to to lesson two if you don't mind so lesson number two, again, a company value at Juro is love the details. Uh, so lawyers often quite detail-minded. This is something that uh, people, I mean, now have 70 people in the company, but people often say Juro is a company that has quite good attention to detail. Um, so so I guess, you know, to tie this back to, to me and my experience in law, um, like I remember literally reading 100-page documents and proofreading them as a as a trainee solicitor, and you would make one mistake on page 67, right? Yeah. <laughs> and your supervisor would be like, "Wait, hold on, there's a mistake on page 67," and like oh, the the rest of it was all like you know fine, and you know in in life and and as I've kind of gone into tech and other things, you realize it. You can be quite 80 20 about things. Sometimes you don't have to get it to that level of detail. You can just kind of get by and move fast. But actually, sometimes you do, right? And in legal documents, you really do, right? Like a mistake could lead to massive liability. So, so that, that discipline, it's a little bit like being a kind of craftsperson, right? It's like, uh, you know, being a sushi master. You know, for the first three years, you're just like cutting slices of fish. Well, first three years, you're doing like washing up. And if you do it well, <laughs> <laughs> you get to make an omelet. And then like six years later, you cut your first slice of fish, right? And you just do it again and again. And you become become a master. I, I actually, you know, we, we've seen this like a lot in juros. So I think in, in areas like product and design, so we have like a, you know, a very good design team led by Ilya, who we hired from Revolut. Um, and in, in that design team, like the level of attention to detail is spectacular, <laughs> So I'm talking like, you know, when we were designing what a contract would look like in Juro, we spent quite a lot of time on what shade of white the contract would be. <laughs> right. <laughs> we did like, you know, we were looking at like, does it strain people's eyes if they look at this for three hours a day? Maybe if we change the hexadecimal to a gentler shade, that would give them a better experience. Like this is stuff most people don't think about, right? Um, but that that detail, th- these things kind of compound. I think... You know, the training I had at Freshfields, which was kind of all about detail, um, helped massively. And it's not just product, by the way. It's, it's other things. So like uh, in people and talent, we've got, again, an amazing function there. Uh, we have like an employee NPS of like 91, which is sky high. And a lot of that is down to, you know, the, the people and talent team bringing craft into everything, you know, job description. Like someone called out the other day, you know, Jura had like one of the best ever job descriptions 
that red. And it's like, well, it seems a weird thing to call out on social media, but actually, you know, you, if you if you actually put that level of craft and detail into these things, you can generate outsized returns, which might be like hiring an amazing candidate, or it might be, you know, that, that people like your product and want to buy it. Um, yeah. But it, it matters. Yeah, yeah. No, I've I've noticed the, the whenever I think a couple of times I've I've noticed a few things that you've put out there. Writing that sort of content, I don't think just comes off the the tongue all the time. So there must be um, there must be time invested, and it obviously gets the gets the return. So I guess that is what I'm interested to know is that lawyers are often tarnished or or or, or given the trait or a trait often leveled on lawyers is the perfectionism and yeah, striving for per- perfectionism. Is there is there a time where you think it's that level of details hindered or it's, it's been an obstacle to get around <laughs> yeah it's a good question i mean people people are very down on lawyers <laughs> I, I i love lawyers right i spend all my time working with them i think i think you know lawyers not just people who've you know solicitors but like people who are working in legal ops functions and people who are involved in the general kind of profession there's some amazing people out there um definitely you're right um you can kind of get into this perfectionism thing um that's a charge that's been level gates me on quite a few occasions i'm right. happy happy to admit um <laughs> i think i think it's like anything um it's like the the daniel kahneman book uh thinking fast and slow right sometimes you got to slow down you've got to get something 99.9 percent right sometimes you can s- speed up right and i think a lot of what we do in the company is sort of undulate between the two and so we look at you know if it's a really big decision like you know what are we going to ship next quarter in our roadmap we really slow it down, right? And we don't mind taking a couple of weeks over that. If it's a decision on like, where are we having on that next company offsite? It's like Malta. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let's just, just make the decision and move on. Um, and it, it is a hard skill to master. And of course I get it wrong, you know, all, all the time, but that's, that's what we strive for. Yeah. Good. Do you think lawyers naturally make good entrepreneurs? Okay. So this is the weirdest thing, right? So like the, the sort of answer is like, no, right? So everyone says, you know, lawyers make terrible entrepreneurs, like they're risk averse. They like fixate on the detail. They're terrible at sales. They're often introverted. And actually, I think all that is wrong. And I, I will cite to you two examples from Freshfields. Uh, one, I hope it's me. <laughs> so we've got, you know, we've got somewhere with Jure. We've got, um, you know, we've processed 300,000 contracts. We've got 30 million in funding we have a team of 70 we work with 20 unicorns like we've managed to go from sort of lawyer to entrepreneur it seems to have happened the second is actually i made an angel investment last year in a company called hago um which is a uh a used to call virtual trips it's basically something you can go on a vacation from your um from your sofa it founded by a freshfields associate who just kept sending me these messages on linkedin i kept replying saying go away and eventually <laughs> i spoke to him and they had this amazing business and i backed the business and they've just raised 20, 20 million series a announced this week um so actually like weirdly freshfield seems to be becoming an incubator for innovation um right that's yeah. th- these are the examples that we have so far yeah no it's cool and i know like ben at crafty council obviously being a, a an ex-lawyer as well and ben's ben's fantastic and he's built you know incredibly creative business um so it's uh anything is possible i think this this is why i become you know, so bullish on lawyers and we hired you know some some ex-lawyers in in our business uh i think they have a lot to offer yeah yeah i think it's i think it's key not to not to put people in buckets or put people into certain stereotypes i think everyone's capable of selling something 
in terms of stuff outside last year, I feel like this uh, the podcast is it's becoming a bit of a parents anonymous or um, yeah. a, a, a place for that. But you've got two two young kids. I do, yeah, yeah. So I have Otto and Nola. Uh, so one's uh, for, for four and one's two. So they're um, they're still relatively young, and yeah, keep me busy while I'm not not doing juro. Yeah, I bet. Do you carve out time to spend with them from from work? Must be hard to juggle. I do. I mean, you know the. Uh, it's it's been interesting. I mean, definitely, kind of, um, you know, we we have a London hub, a Riga hub, and a remote hub, and so Juro is quite distributed, and you know, people work very flexibly, and I, I do the same. So I, you know, probably in the office two days a week and at home three days. And you know, the the great advantage I found for me, other than the fact that there aren't millions of questions flying in all the time, I can do work, is um, I can put my children to bed every night with yeah. no problem, and I, I do it every single night. Um, I think the, the the juggling thing as an entrepreneur, it does get a little easier over time. So I think there was definitely a time at Jure where you know, I was running sort of probably 10 functions yeah. and just the, the crushing quantity of work prevents that. But I think if you are if you make the right recruitment decisions and you build a good team, now I'm, I'm gradually getting fired from all of the major things at Jure. So yeah. I'm no longer allowed to sell Jure. I'm not allowed <laughs> to demo it. Um, I don't make the product <laughs> decisions. And so... Yeah, you, you get a you know, not quite balanced, but you get you get some time back, and yeah, the rest of my time is is mostly with the children. Nice, nice. And uh, interests outside of outside of family and work. What what do you do to unwind? So, I mean, I I'm a pianist. Um, I wanted really badly to become a musician. I wasn't quite good enough, um, so I I chose <laughs> second best, which was being a lawyer. I still spend a lot of time um, playing the piano. Um, uh, going to concerts uh, that that's sort of my my big kind of hobby if you like um, yeah and then um, yeah I spend increasing amounts of time outside of London so my, my wife uh, is part of a sheep farming family so um, I'm currently on their on their sheep farm and we get a bit involved in that it's quite radically different from <laughs> software as a service but um, yeah yeah lots of fun <laughs> when's lambing season is that that must be coming up is it it's coming coming up fast yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> i've got a mate that lives in orkney that's um yeah always uh always sending or posting videos of lambing season so yeah i uh, <laughs> uh, know, it, know it well etched into my memory We'll move on to, to lesson three. Great. Yeah. So this is another company value, which is trust and deliver. Um, so right. th- to give some context, some this value is all about transparency and results. So at Jura, we like to kind of share what we do and also try to judge people on results. Right. So in, in a world in which we kind of commit to great flexibility for people, we're incredibly flexible, I think, as a company on where you work, how you work, how you run projects, all of these things. Uh, and we're quite rigid on on results. Um, so we are a kind of results-driven company, and we think people should be you know, fairly rewarded for being high performers in, in that way. Thinking back to kind of law, again, my, my training was like, I, I was definitely part of that. Like, I didn't even, this still happens. I haven't been a lawyer for so long, but I was definitely part of the like, let's work all night kind of yeah. generation of lawyers. <laughs> um, and, you know, I, it, it was sort of okay as a kind of 20, 23, 24 year old, I just sort of got, got on with it. Um, but I, I think like outside of just like the, the hours put in, I think the extreme velocity of that work actually left an indelible mark and you know 
you work on these transactions where it just seems impossible. There's just so many documents. There's so many things to do. The time frame is so short, but somehow you manage to sort of get there and get a great result from the client. And I think, you know, I do work very hard and, and I do think that is something that was instilled in me from those <laughs> days. Because before that I was at like university, I did like frankly no work. Um yeah. and and suddenly I had just the discipline of like, can you actually like really have this critical level of focus? And you know, I think the you know, in entrepreneurship, uh, my general belief is that like, you know, talent plays some part, but the bigger parts are really luck and hard work. So it's like actually do have the discipline to just like work harder than than most other people. And, you know, sometimes, unfortunately, it does mean like, you know, putting in long hours. Sometimes it just means being really focused. Um, but that drive for can you produce like 10 times the amount of results that you could have done as a student mm-hmm. <laughs> in the same yeah. amount of time or 100 times the amount of results, it all compounds over time. So I think that just that that relentless drive for how do we get results and working really hard that 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 was a, a you know a real thing i took away from my time at uh, at freshers yeah. give you a really high pain threshold to uh, right. for, for <laughs> what's, what's what you exactly. can tolerate <laughs> exactly exactly i guess that drive is innate in in people but it must the, the switch i find that in running my own business as well when it's your own thing it, it is multiplied and your your motivation and your incentive did did, did you find there was a, a turning point or a change did, when it became it, it's interesting i mean definitely like i was an incredibly lazy student um so i really you know i got up late i didn't do so much work i did like a lot of my own reading i didn't you know i wasn't very disciplined about anything honestly um and you know, going to boot camp, um, aka training contract thresholds, that did definitely have a marked impact on just just self discipline. I would say, um, I'd absolutely agree with that. I think you know, partly this is a function of circumstance. So yes, absolutely. If you have you know, your own business, or if you're an early employee at a, a business where you have you know significant equity stake, for example, it's the same kind of principle. You, there's a, a big potential upside for you. And then, you know, just sometimes circumstantial, just like being a little bit, you know, up against it, I found mm-hmm. somehow creates amazing results. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, we're fortunate now and, you know, where we're at with, with, with Juro. And of course, you know, to the outside world, it might, it might look sort of straightforward. You just raise all this money and it sort of, it all happens magically. But there were definitely, you know, really hard times where, especially in the really early days where, you know, we wondered whether we could actually make it successful and we're really up against the wall, you know, sort of running out of money and like, um, you know, someone leaves and it, it all seems like the world is collapsing. But somehow in those moments, especially with my co-founder, Pavel, who's been a huge part of the story, um, we just like got together <laughs> and we sorted stuff out. We've done like the work of our lives <laughs> yeah. the ta- the facilitated by the taste of desperation. Right. And somehow that, that, that's where the, those like really core insights came from. So yeah, pressure. I, I personally, I, I thrive on it. it. It helps me to perform. And of course, I think as a lawyer, you know, not just a fresh fields, but any lawyer is under a huge amount of pressure, right. From their clients, from, you know, you know, people in the business sending them, you know, NDAs to review at 11 p.m. on the last day of the quarter. There's this, you know, this onslaught of stuff. And I think, you know, people do great work to get out of that. 
Yeah. I, in, inspiring and in, in talking to, to, to people like yourself, like you've seen a problem that you've, and, and, and the level of backing yourself to go and solve that problem and, and finding the solution. And like you said, I am 100% sure it's, it hasn't been a, a, a bumpless road or a, a, a not a bumpy road. So amazing. Series three, end of series three, what we're doing is um, is asking all of our guests to think of one thing from law or something related to law that they would like to put in room 101. So to consign its fate to, to room 101 and not to exist anymore. So we're going to do a poll at the end of series three uh, once we've once we've gathered everyone's items or or, or things that they, they hate, their pet hates about law uh, and run a poll on LinkedIn to see what, what ranks the most and what gets, what gets thrown in there. But what would you like to see go into room 101 from from law so number one thing microsoft word <laughs> right so uh i i still am a bit of a minority view on this but um you know like a lot of our inspiration behind founding juro was frustrations with working with word so word being invented in 1983 <laughs> being desktop based being not specifically designed for contracts led to me spending a vast quantity of time running red lines, saving versions of files on desktops. That was a vast chunk of my experience of working in law. And of course, as we all know, it is the way in which most, if not pretty much all kind of legal contracting work is done. I mean, we, we have a very bold vision at Juro, which is that actually moving to browser native ways of collaborating on contracts via our editor, which, you know, yes, is word compatible, but is fundamentally like a, you know, collaborative in-browser online experience. Most of it has been driven by my frustrations with working with Word. And I think a lot of that has given me belief that we can actually, you know, shift the paradigm and move documentation to somewhere else, somewhere which is easier, better, faster. So for me, yeah, I, I throw Word in, in f- firmly in the furnace. Uh, room one and one, or as, as some people yeah. say, that the end of Word is, is nigh. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Well, it's been excellent, excellent speaking with you, Richard. I've enjoyed the conversation and yeah, I'm sure I'm sure there's a lot to take from from that and inspire people. And if anyone that's listening is interested in finding out more about Juro, how how would they get in touch with you or the team? You can head straight straight over to Juro.com or on Twitter we're at GetJuro, or you can find us on, on LinkedIn in the usual way. Perfect. All right. Excellent. We'll share share a link to that in the in the bio. But um, thank you for your time, and uh, appreciate you taking the time out of your your busy day. And um, been great chatting. Absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me, and um, congrats on all the work you guys are doing in the community. I really enjoyed that conversation with Richard maybe at Juro. Um, Juro's a company that I've heard and read loads about. A lot of our clients talk loads about them when we're talking about contract automation and uh, legal tech. So uh, great to hear it from the horse's mouth and congratulations again on their on their latest fundraising round. Hard work starts here, but look forward to tracking it. And thank you for listening to Lessons I Learned in Law. Please like and share the podcast if you want to hear more. We rely loads on the the ratings on um, of wherever you get your podcasts. Um, if you'd like to hear more from other guests that we've had on the show, please head over to harrietbrown.com forward slash podcast. I'm Scott Brown. See you later.